I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. On this episode, we continue our Crusader coaching profiles with Holy Cross men's hockey head coach, Bill Riga. Coach Riga is in his second season on Mount St. James. He took over the Crusaders last year after 13 seasons as an assistant and associate head coach at Quinnipiac. Coach Riga helped build the Bobcats into a powerhouse program in the ECAC. He developed 13 NHL draft picks, and he's coached in two national championship games. Last season in his debut at Holy Cross, the Crusaders finished strong with four wins in their final six regular season games. He's got the program on the rise, and he's here with us today. Coach Riga, welcome to Seder Stories. Thank you very much. Uh, happy to be here. Hope to have some hard-hitting questions. <laughs> hard-hitting is, is the name of the game. Now, early in year number two with this program, where have you seen the biggest strides so far? I think it's in, it's in the belief, you know, as to, as to where, as to who we, who we want to be and, and the, the fact that we can compete with anybody on a nightly basis. I think, although, you know, the results weren't there at North Dakota, we certainly learned a lot about what it takes to play at the level they're currently at. Uh, and that's kind of carried over here in, into our most recent game at, at AIC and, and able to, to come out of that tough place to play with, with a good hard fought league victory and, and moving forward with belief that, that we can, we can win um, any game on any given night against any opponent. Prior to Holy Cross, you were in a great position at Quinnipiac. What was it about Holy Cross though, that made this jump the right one for you? I think it's a few things. I mean, from a personal side, I, I'm, I'm from Westboro. My family's in this area. I grew up here, grew up playing, you know, youth hockey in this rink at the Hart Center. And uh, there was certainly a familiarity with Worcester and and, and the area and, and coming home. But also, you know, in terms of at the time, Marcus Blossom was the athletic director and sort of what he wanted to do building the hockey program and, and the resources that, that were going to be available to us combined with obviously the quality of of the elite education here and the beautiful campus and everything that holy cross has going for it uh certainly there's a lot of room for growth and a lot to sell uh in terms of moving a program from one level to the next and and those were things there, there were four jobs open that summer at the division one level and this was the one i really only one i really went for and, and going through the process met a lot of great people and it just made a lot of sense for me and my family to to embrace this this change and, and come in and head up and building this program stability was so key for coach pecknold at quinnipiac he's spent three decades now with that program, what kind of coaching principles did you take away from that level of experience with Rand Pecknell? You know, I, I think a lot of it is, is is just the demeanor of dealing with with players and media and everything. Just sort of how to conduct and and run a run a program, uh, how to deal with people and players and and their their personalities and wants and just disappointments. Certainly, you know, in a more hockey specific way. Uh, the detail of preparation for opponents and and systems and and being you know constantly learning new new things to add into to your arsenal uh, of, of how you want to play and I would say the last major piece is just developing an identity for your program and a brand uh, which includes you know the way you do everything on a daily basis but also your recruiting identity and what you're going to do to build a program when you don't necessarily get the division one. I mean, the, the first round draft picks that some other schools get, how are you going to, 
how are you going to beat those teams? What's your plan? And create that and recruit to it and have an identity for your program and how you're going to go about uh, winning. And certainly it evolves over time and you keep adding and subtracting from it. Um, but you have to have a plan and you, and you have to be able to have good people around you to execute that plan. So certainly there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, over 13 years, there's just a lot of little things. But uh, I think developing sort of an identity and a culture is, is major. I like how you pointed out having good people around you, because I wanted to ask you during those trips to the Frozen Four in 2013 and 2016, what did you learn specifically about player chemistry on a championship caliber team? Well, I think it starts with mutual respect. I think the players have to enjoy being around each other, but also, you know, respect what each player brings to the table and what their role is on the team. You need to make some of those some of the, the things that go unnoticed, noticed, you know, guys who, who don't score a lot and block shots and kill penalties. You need to make those things public. You need to make those things known in the locker room that those guys are every bit as important as the guys who are scoring on the power play or getting shutouts in the net. And that sort of builds camaraderie on the team. And we all know from the guys who aren't in the lineup and, and they're in practice pushing and making guys better and trying to earn their spots to the guys who are, who are, you know, established, um, you need all of that. And, and you need all of that together pulling in the same direction along with your staff and your, your, your managers and your, and your strength coach. And uh, there needs to be a respect for everyone involved and what, how important they all are uh, to a team success. When you look around the room today at Holy Cross, how are you seeing those championship traits start to build themselves? I think it's a learning process still. Like I think guys with a new recruiting class coming in, a large recruiting class, that there's certainly an adjustment on what people's roles are going to be and compared to what they've been in the past and what they are going forward. It's, it's also made things a lot more competitive, I think, in terms of decisions we have to make and who's going to be doing what, which, which we didn't necessarily have last year. Uh, and new leadership too. So, you know, people in the locker room need to adjust to who's, who's being the, the leader when the coaches aren't there. Uh, and all those things take a little time to get continuity. Uh, but what I'm seeing is as, as we go through each day and those things become more defined, uh, people are kind of settling in and, and that respect is becoming evident. Let's take a short commercial break. When we get back, we'll look at Coach Riga's early days of hockey in the cradle of coaches at UMass Lowell. That's next here on Sater Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals To Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. 
The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion, obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. Holy Cross football is back for three straight home games, October 29th, November 5th, and November 12th. Visit GoHolyCross.com slash tickets to get your tickets today. We welcome you back to Sater Stories. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by Holy Cross men's hockey coach, Bill Riga. Now, coach, when you took the Holy Cross job last season, it was a Massachusetts homecoming for you and your family. When you were growing up in Westboro, how did you first fall in love with hockey? You know, it was just the Bruins were always on. Like it was just the old Bruins in the in the 70s. Uh, I was born mid-70s and that was kind of the heyday of the big bad Bruins. And they everyone in the family just watched the games and they were always on TV. And then came into the 80 Olympics, happened shortly after that. Uh, and I, I remember vividly that being on television from start to finish. And that kind of started it. And when when they put me in to learn to skate at five, I just, I've, I've never stopped since. Like I, I got on the ice then and uh, went through, you know, Westboro youth hockey and Triborough and all the way up through and, and ended up, uh, you know, right back where I started uh, in a sense right here. You prepped at St. Mark's school before skating with UMass Lowell. That was from 92 to 96 under a former Bruin, Bruce Crowder. What was the best lesson you learned from that former pro? Geez, I, I think I think the biggest thing was just the, the value of competition. You know, it was so competitive for me coming out of prep school um, and, and trying to earn a spot against kids that had been playing junior hockey. Things, things were just a little bit different in that era, you know, where junior hockey wasn't really known around these, these parts. And I had to earn every single thing I got from the day I got there. I was about 160 pounds and didn't really know what weight training was. And I learned all those things quickly and learned I was going to have to earn my place every day in the lineup. And it took me, I only played two, two games my freshman year. And I had to decide which way I was going to go after that. And then I just dug in and I had to earn everything I got and ended up, you know, playing in uh, hockey East, Final fours for all, all all three of the rest of the years and NCAA two NCAA tournaments and and just ended up really learning the value of hard work and earning everything that that I got. Coach, I feel like that's a common trait among really successful college coaches. Not a lot of the the natural greats. It seems like a lot of coaches were players like you who had to work, who had to earn everything. Do you feel like you relate to the guys on your team who have to grind it out and really grow as players? I really do. And, and I don't go around selling everything I just told you, you know, like I don't tell them I had to do it and all this stuff. I think it's just became part of, of who I am, but, but I can see kids need to learn that, 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 that nothing's earned. There's no entitlement and you need to earn from one year to the next, what you've done in the past. It's, it's relevant, but it's not everything you need to maintain and, and push to get better. Cause there's always someone kind of coming up by design to challenge you for your position so we can get better. Um, but I also see the frustration, you know, in kids that are going through what I went through at times, trying to adjust to a, to a role they haven't been used to. Um, so I can sort of empathize with them. And I think 
I handle it a little bit differently than it was handled in my day <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, the, the communication side, whereas in the past, it's a little bit more of, hey, I put the line up every day on the wall and that's the way it is. Whereas now there's, there's more conversation and explanation wanted and, and offered uh, to those things and understanding it's not always what they want to hear, but, but it needs to be communicated. That's interesting. I, I feel like the college game has grown so much during your time as a player in the nineties and, and you made stops along the way at river school and coached the junior Bruins as well. How would you say the game has really changed the most over the last three decades? I just think it's become a lot more open, a lot more speed and skill oriented. Uh, obviously, the the fighting's being phased out and the hooking, the obstruction, the age of the small puck moving defenseman is here. It doesn't really matter how big you are anymore. Uh, it, it's just about can you skate? Can you pass? Can you can you play at both ends of the ice? And and. You know, I think in society, there's been a lot of that, um, you know, everyone gets a trophy kind of thing. So personalities have changed and expectations have changed from the family unit and to individual players. And I just think now there's a lot of, you know, it's not just, this is what we're doing. It's, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And, and there's just a lot more communication that, that happens into it. Um, so I think on and off the ice, there has been significant change. You're now the fourth UMass Lowell alum currently head coaching in D1. That includes your former teammate, Norm Bazin, who's the bench boss at UMass Lowell. The River Hawks have become a perennial contender in Hockey East. How did that program start to motivate so many players like you to go into coaching? I don't know about the motivation part. I think for me, you know, when I, when I finished playing, the kind of the first thing that came up was an opportunity to start coaching. And that's kind of was easy for me to decide. It, I wasn't making any money. I was delivering computer monitors around Boston, you know, repairs and stuff during the morning so I could afford to do it in the afternoons to coach. And I just kind of kept the passion of hockey going and never got out of it. So I never really left it. Uh, I think for UMass Lowell in particular, uh, at least for Norm and I, like we both were in a similar situation where we had to kind of earn everything we got. And the mentality of we had was we were playing against BU all the time and they always had the high end draft picks and the BC kids and those main teams that were loaded. And we were just a lunch pail, a lunch pail kind of team that had to, you know, had to play hard and scrappy and compete and with character and just kind of the, the, the little engine that could sort of thing. And I think that kind of kicked in some work ethic and some, some, some personality traits that, that lend themselves well to, to being coaches. And I think the two of us are examples of, of, of kids that came that weren't star players that just sort of ended up, uh, you know, becoming maybe better coaches than we were players. And you mentioned this earlier, it's really a full circle moment through those sacrifices, through that hard work. You're back just a couple miles from where you grew up. Did you ever think Holy Cross would be in your future? There were times in the past where the job opened up where I didn't get the, the you know consideration where I would like to have. So at, at those times, you think, well, maybe that's not meant to be. But then the next time it comes around, things are a lot different. My resume is different. My experience is different. I don't know. I, I'm not all sure about the cosmic thing, but my father was a big fan of Holy Cross, and, and he passed you know years ago around uh, around when 9/11 happened. Certainly wasn't related to 9/11, but. Uh, he was very religious and very, um, you know, in tune with Holy Cross. And certainly I think today he'd probably, he's probably shining down, smiling that this is where I ended up a little bit and sort of seems to make a lot of sense, um, you know, given 
the background of my family and our location, then it seems like maybe this was meant to be a little bit. Absolutely. I love to hear that. Let's take a final break. When we get back, we'll look at the future of Holy Cross hockey with Bill Riga right here on Seder Stories. Hello, I'm Richard Carr of Carr Financial. As a proud alumnus and sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics, I know the importance of making a game plan to set up your team for success. Why should preparing for your financial future be any different? At Carr Financial, our dedicated advisors have decades of experience helping people like you put together a customized financial plan. Contact Carr Financial today and let us guide you toward a life of success as you define it. Call 508-795-0264 or visit carfinancial.com. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Holy Cross Athletics is proud to have passionate corporate sponsors who are committed to supporting our teams and student athletes. Sponsors not only support Holy Cross, but also gain significant marketing exposure through in-venue signage, digital elements, promotional campaigns, and much more. To become a corporate partner, please contact Frank with Crusader Sports Properties at 908-625-1947. Welcome back to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by the head coach of men's hockey at Holy Cross, Bill Riga. Coach, your team opened the season with a bang at the Heart Center. Full house ancient rival BC in town from Hockey East, and your team didn't just win the game in regulation. You got a shootout win as well, just for fun. How did that exhibition prove what's possible now for your team? Well, I think, I think it's a lot of things. I mean, I think the, the, the campus, the, the energized campus and the full house and the students, and we actually had uh, breast cancer awareness site, pink in the rink, raised over $7,000 just at that game. You know, you couldn't find a place to stand. People were sitting on the stairs. Like that kind of environment is what we're trying to create on a, on a nightly basis here um, to, to build the program forward. Uh, I think on the ice, it was an exhibition game and, and a lot of different players played for both teams. But, you know, we, we want to make this place a place where we can compete with everybody and anyone that comes in here is going to have a hard time. We, we can beat anyone in the country on a given night. That's the plan. That's where we want to get to. Uh, and certainly having them come in here was was a good uh, test to where we were to start the season. And we performed well. I mean, certainly there were things we wanted to do better, but we had passion and we had emotion and we had belief and our young players contributed. And we realized that that we have a new infusion of of culture and energy and talent that that's going to help push us forward for experiences all the way through the rest of the season that we've had and that we will have. We can draw on that experience as to where we want to be um, moving forward. And you continued the experience against power programs with a road trip to North Dakota, arguably the best road environment in college hockey. How did that help elevate your team for conference play in Atlantic hockey? Well, it certainly, you know, was was a, an interesting start. I mean, we, we went out in full house, like it, it, the, the band, the, the ice cheerleaders and all that stuff. Like it was great. The light show, the video board, all that was great. And like, it was a great experience. And we got, 
as predicted a little bit, caught up in the first period just with the, what is going on here on the ice a little bit and, and had a rough first period. But then we settled in and we played a really good second period and a solid third and just couldn't score. Their goaltender was excellent and, and it didn't end up the way we wanted to on the weekend. And the next night, we, I thought we had a complete effort uh, and played a really good road hockey game. Just they were a little bit better, obviously, at this point from where they were at with their program as to where we're trying to be. Uh, and then we came back and, and say, at heart is in my opinion the best team in our league they're old they're experienced they're fast they're skilled and uh, we learned again and so we brought that into Tuesday night at AIC and and certainly took all those lessons for for the environment we'd been in and, and the caliber of opponent we've had and and executed the way we wanted to play and dictated that game and we we learned how to be in a hostile environment up there and we weren't uh, kind of rattled by that and just came out from the beginning confident and know that we've We've been through some some tough opponents and tough tough locations to play and use that to our advantage. And that experience definitely paid off at AIC, a, a 7-3 road win, very impressive in Springfield. I wanted to ask you about your senior captains, Grayson Constable, Nick Hale. They'll be guiding a team with 10 newcomers this season. And I'm always really curious, what's the key to blending previous experience that was already on campus, players who have already built an identity blending now with new recruits as you build the program going forward what's the key to making that match well it's not easy when people that are here already know that new guys are coming in and they're looking for for playing time right so how does that relationship how does that dynamic affect the interpersonal relationships with the guys in the team um, and that a lot comes down to leadership and captains and they can always go a different way but I think we instilled last year just basically a standard of how we're going to treat each other how we're going to respect each other how we're going to operate on a daily basis what's acceptable what's not and last year's captains did a phenomenal job setting that standard as to what my expectation was and how things were going to go and passing it on to this year's leaders and they've just picked it up you know where it left off and, and it's not we treat each other you know, well with respect and, and we just hold each other accountable to some extent on the way things kind of go and how we act when we're in the lineup, not in the lineup, the effort that's a, that's required every day, the way we act in hotels and community service in the classroom, what the expectation is. Uh, and when we're all on the same page that way, it makes it a lot easier to get everyone together. And I, I do, I've been very impressed with um, you know, there have been some lessons already this year with guys that, that have sat out games that never have before and, and how they've handled it and how they've come, come around to, to being team first and not me first and realizing that uh, there's going to be some ups and downs through this process of, of building a winner and they're going to have to find their place in it. And uh, I think our captains have done a great job, Nick Hale, but uh, we're off to a good start in that regard. I'm glad you mentioned the buzz from the students in the crowd at the Heart Center on opening night. It has felt for a long time like there's a foundation in place to make this men's hockey program really special. And now you've got a first-year athletic director in Kit Hughes, fellow Massachusetts native, hockey in his blood, guided a program at Bowling Green where they love their hockey in Ohio. How much support are you feeling right now from the administration to build this thing up? Yeah, I mean, Kit... Uh... Kit gets it. He gets hockey. He he gets, and and he has a passion for what hockey means in this part of the country and in this area, and and sees what having a really good hockey program can do for the college as a whole. You know, in terms of 
making it a national name and getting on television and and you know you play a team like North Dakota that's that that's like playing Alabama in football right like that's that's what it is that's the level that that we're trying to get to as a program here and he certainly understands there's only 61 62 division one hockey teams you know so the path to the top it's it's not easy and it it can be a winding road but it's doable you know and and I think he sees that and we've had a ton of support and passion and donations and 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 involvement from our alumni who've been phenomenal um, throughout this with the fundraising. And we started our 90 wide mentoring program, matching our players up with hockey alumni who, who are doing very well in different industries and, and bringing the hockey community who are here now together with those in the past and learning about the history of the program and, and bringing everything together. So there, there's a lot of different aspects from, from upstairs here in the arena and in the athletic offices to, to outside all over the country where people are getting re-engaged, re-involved in and helping push this program forward. And the support has been, to get back to your original question, has been over the top in terms of, you know, where I think the interest is and the re-engagement moving the program forward. And on our part, um, to get fans to come to the game, we need to be, to provide a good product. And I think that BC game we did, and it got everybody excited. Unfortunately, the next home series was during fall break. So there were no students here. So we, we didn't, we didn't, have that same environment but moving forward here for our mercy her series in the second half of the year uh we hope to to keep putting on a good show and and putting on some good offensive hockey so people want to come back and, and watch and be a part of it yeah we hope to see everyone at the heart center for that mercy her series coming up mid-november and then you'll have a packed atlantic hockey schedule starting around new year's time you can see the seeds being planted in and outside the program really exciting time for holy cross men's hockey coach before you go we love to do these sort of quick flash questions at the end, rapid response. I'm going to throw a couple your way. Would love to hear your responses. Let's start with this one. Favorite hockey player of all time? Ray Bork. Best goal you ever scored? Ooh. <laughs> uh, probably a game-winning goal, my first college goal against Northeastern. Your favorite restaurant in Worcester? Uh, I like, um, I like, uh, the chop house. What's your hobby when you aren't coaching? Hobby. Oh, gee. Well, I don't have a lot of time for those cause I have twin kids, uh, <laughs> that are four years old, but I like the beach. I like the beach. Since you got those kids and you got a hockey program, I'm sure you're not watching much TV either, but what's your favorite TV show of all time? Uh, Sopranos. Excellent choice. Besides your phone, keys, and wallet, what's something you never leave home without? <laughs> uh, shoes. <laughs> Guess that makes sense. Favorite <laughs> spot on Holy Cross's campus? Favorite spot. Um, I like I like the Joe Recreation Center. Love it. And last but not least, if you weren't a hockey coach, what would you be today? I'd probably be a personal trainer or if I had gone a totally different path, maybe a doctor. Really? What yeah. kind of, uh, what kind of medicine would you have been practicing? Sports medicine? Sport, sports medicine, orthopedic surgeon, maybe. Coach Riga, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great to talk with you about this program on the rise. A lot of excitement right now. And, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the heart center again soon with a big crowd on hand. Yeah, love to have you. Sounds great. Thank you.
Thanks again, Coach. And thanks to everyone for listening here on Seder Stories. Please subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you love Seder Stories, leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for fellow Crusaders to find our show. That's it for now. We'll be back again in two weeks. I'm Kevin Gale. Go Cross Go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross Athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!